Thanks for listening to this episode of Screen Facts with Jason Davis, your movie trivia and discussion podcast. Please like the Facebook page and leave your comments or questions at facebook.com slash screenfacts. You can also tweet me at Jason Davis Voice or email screenfacts at yahoo.com if you have a comment, a question, uh, or anything you'd like to say. That's where you can reach me. And uh, you can also rate, comment, and subscribe on iTunes. When you do that, you automatically get new episodes every Wednesday. And actually, it would help out the podcast a little bit too. So please do that when you get a chance. Today, uh, doing a classic movie from the 80s with another first-time guest, my good pal, Eric Reitz. How are you, sir? I'm great. How are you doing? Good. It's great to have you here. We um, have talked about movies off microphones for a while now. Yeah, yeah. I thought it would be fun to, to do one of these podcasts with you. And yeah. When we started to, you know, talk with you about movies, was it me that threw this out first? Um, I think so. I mean, but we were, yeah, we were talking about first some other movie, which right. was like really raunchy. <laughs> and I was like, I don't want the first one to be one that, you know, I have to explain to my grandchildren. That, oh, well, you know. Your grandfather was drunk at the time or something. So, so, so the movie... I, <laughs> I think we made a really nice choice for a first one. We say that, but at the same time, the movie that we're talking about is not a Disney film by any stretch. Oh, no, no. But we are going to discuss Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Woo! A classic 80s movie released September 3rd, 1982. Now, I have to ask you, did you actually see this movie in the theaters when it came out? I actually saw it. I was a senior in high school. Nice. And a bunch. It was perfect because this is the essential 1980s mall movie. So, yeah, I saw it. I was 17 years old, senior in high school. So, with a couple friends, just guys. It was fantastic. I mean, just from the very beginning, they had the go go's with that song going. We got the beat. The funny thing about any song from this movie, and, and probably most movies, really. If I hear that song, if I hear We Got the Beat by the Go-Go's, mm-hmm. immediately brings me to this movie. Oh, yeah. Somebody's Baby, the Somebody's Jackson Brown Baby. song. Same totally. thing. Totally. And you then I totally thinking, associate that. Then I start thinking of Jennifer Jason Lee. Yep. Oh, Jennifer Jason Lee. <laughs> <laughs> and who now, she's in uh, Hateful Eight. Yeah. yeah. Which, uh, which is kind of cool because she really hasn't done a lot recently, at least that I know of. I haven't seen anything since, yeah. you know, that movie. So. The last, I mean, this is crazy, but the last thing that I, I can actually remember seeing her in was Single White Female, which is, I think that's like 1990 oh, right. or something yeah. like that yeah. with uh, Bridget Fonda. There's another one we haven't heard from in a while. Yeah, and right. It, that was a cool movie. Yeah, it was pretty cool. But um, yeah, so this movie uh, really captures, like you said, the 80s and, and the teen experience. One thing I want to say, and I, I want to make sure I get this in, I don't want to forget this. We're watching the movie the other night and one of the scenes where they're in the mall and they're showing all the different stores in the mall, man, it just made, gave me the warm fuzzies, man. I oh. was just, oh yeah. You see the record store, Licorice Pizza, sure. and you and you see the albums all stacked in the yeah. in the. Oh man. And that's the thing. It's like what a great time to I grow think, up. I felt like me and my friends, we were in that mall. Yeah. You know, I mean, the '80s brought about. That yeah. whole thing about this shopping experience with the mall, the arcade. Oh man! Oh my God! It's like, you know, you're why there it is that you know the video games are finally beyond pong. The <laughs> girls there finally have nice shaped jeans <laughs> on girls. You know, they're not wearing you <laughs> the Jordache and all that, right? And they got the jeans with the pocket decorations. Yeah, I, and, you know, it's oh. funny because. When they were filming the movie, I wonder if they thought like that, gee, 30 years or more, 35 right. years, almost 35, mm-hmm. 
people are going to be watching this going, oh, wow, remember those jeans? Remember Pac-Man? Remember this? Remember that? Yeah, because as teenagers, we're just watching it, and it was a fun movie, and we were living that. And now here we are all these years later, and I'm looking back at it. It's like, that was only 82, 83. And it's still... I mean, it captured most of what the 80s was about from, you know, a teenager's point of view. Yeah. And uh, we just love it. It was great. The reason that it that it resonates so well is because Cameron Crowe, the writer of the movie, was, uh, he was like a boy genius. I don't know if you mm-hmm. know his story. The movie Almost Famous is sort of based on him. Okay. On his experience. When he was a teenager, he was working for Rolling Stone as a reporter, mm-hmm. as a mm-hmm. journalist. He went undercover in a high school, not his own high school, okay. in a different high school. Yeah. And this movie is based on those experiences. So oh, okay. all the characters in this movie are, you know, loosely based on the people that he encountered, mm-hmm. but they kind of, he's kind of changed the identities to protect the innocent a little bit. Right. Like for okay. example, when, when uh, Spicoli orders the pizza into the classroom, <laughs> that was actually something that the real version of Mark Ratner did. In, oh, okay. For example. Really? Oh, yeah. okay. Fast Time star Sean Penn, Jennifer Jason Lee, Judge Reinhold, Robert Romanus as Damone, Brian mm. Backer as Mark Ratner, Phoebe Cates as Linda, who was 18 at the time, the youngest of the main cast. Justine Bateman was offered the role of Linda, but turned it down to work on Family Ties. Fine, because yeah, I'd rather see Phoebe Cates topless than, yeah. I think definitely. most people would probably agree with that. Yeah, I mean, that's just my opinion. <laughs> Melanie Griffith and Tatum O'Neill were also considered for the role. Oh, Tatum O'Neill, though, I did like her in that baseball. What was that? Uh, Bad News Bears. Bad News Bears. <laughs> I had such things, because again, that came out when I was around that age. You know, it's and funny. it's like, uh, my baseball team were like, oh, she's my girlfriend. No, she's my girlfriend. <laughs> it's like, uh, she's not anyone's girlfriend. Shut up. Uh, Brooke Shields, Alan Barkin, and Jodie Foster all reportedly turned down the Jennifer Jason Lee role of Stacy as well. Really? Yeah. Well, okay. So Good for that, I like Jennifer. <laughs> I like Jennifer Jason Lee. No, she's great. She's yeah. great. And and she really does look 15. I mean, she pulls it off. I mean, obviously, she's not because you can't have uh, right. a naked 15-year-old in a Well, and that was the movie. thing. Watching the movie at 17 years old with a bunch of friends, and they, when, you know, uh, Linda is saying, come on, Stacy, it's no big deal. Have sex. Come on, you're 15. And we all looked like, really? No way. She's 15? All right. This is true confession time. like that in my high school. True confession time for me. I totally relate to Mark Ratner. Okay. I'm sure there's people out there that are like, oh, I was totally Damone in high school. <laughs> yeah. Or whatever. I completely get Mark Ratner. Mm-hmm. I was completely intimidated by, by girls in oh, high yeah. school. I was oh, a late yeah. bloomer. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know... I would have been terrified to have sex at that age. Oh, yeah. Terrified. I'm still terrified. So that's, <laughs> that's, well, that's my own issue. No, the Rad, Radner definitely. I identified with him, too, much more than any other character. Yeah, he's I mean, great. Even though, you know, I was a, a very popular jock in high school and all this, I really just had the couple few friends. Why is you your know, nose like growing Radner. right now? <laughs> yeah, my ears are turning red. All my poker tells are coming out. And uh, I definitely liked... Really, when he came on and just the thing that, yeah, he's having trouble talking to her. It's like, yeah, yeah. It's just like when, you know, Damone's like, you had a crush on that girl at in the, the photo, photo mat. mat. He had the four F, the $40 to fucking film and you never got her <laughs> phone number. I was like, that's me. Because, you know, I would just like stare at girls and fantasize and not 
do anything about it and I probably think, freak them out. I think probably most guys at that age could relate to, to uh, Ratner so. more than um, than Damone. Yeah. You know, it's funny because Damone and Linda both are always talking about how, you know, how much swagger they have and how much right. experience, what they know. Mm-hmm. Turns out they're both full of shit anyway. Exactly. It's like, I mean, he was smooth. I mean, he right. definitely, he did have that. He had the vibe. He definitely had the vibe, you know, the whole thing with the... Sh- you don't care if she comes, stays, laser phrase. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> and his was his four or five points about yeah. the attitude when he's yeah, giving atti- him. It's the, the attitude, Rat. Right. And you got to have the Rat, attitude. You got to. What is it? First of all, you don't let on how much you like the girl. It's like, well, that's cool. All right. Because <laughs> okay. like uh, in MASH, in the TV show MASH, mm-hmm. you know, Hawkeye told um, Radar, sometimes <laughs> women are like bread. You have to leave him alone to get a rise out of him. So I think Damone was right on there with that. Oh, I love the rule where he says when you're out to dinner, you order for the lady. Right. It's classy. That's classy. It's like, that is classy. And so I did try doing that. I just don't have that good enough of memory or I would just order the girl what I liked and then we'd have the same thing. So it didn't always work out. I wasn't that smooth. Yeah. Deborah, you look nice today. Kiss me. You won't regret <laughs> you it. You won't regret it. <laughs> he had the yeah, the collar up. Totally comes off as, yeah. as smooth and he knows what he's doing. But then you but find out the later. Rubber on, hits the road. <laughs> no, no rubber hits no the road, rubber unfortunately. Hit the road. Big, that's right. Big yeah. big uh, plot point in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so Fast Times, like I said, was written by Cameron Crowe. The screenplay was based on his book. Amy Heckerling is the director of the movie. This was her directing debut, but she went on to direct another pretty popular teen movie from the 1990s, which was probably sort of the fast times of the 1990s, uh, Clueless. Oh, all Which right. is another fun movie. And she also directed Johnny Dangerously. Oh, which, which is was... another great 80s movie. That was, that was a very fun movie. Yeah. Yeah. So Amy said that she was seeking to make a comedy that was less structured than conventional ones, more like American Graffiti, so that if you woke up and found yourself living in the movie, yeah. you'd actually be happy. Oh, yeah. And I think that works. Totally. I had dreams about being, well, sometimes Linda's boyfriend, sometimes Stacy's boyfriend. But yeah, it's like Ratner would have been my buddy. Yeah. You know, I don't know if Damone, I don't know if I could have stayed. Like, it's really interesting that him. Ratner... That, you know, that Mark Ratner is actually friends with Damone because they're so yeah. different. Well, like we were saying, Damone has that personality that he puts out. He puts right. out that persona, but we find out later on yeah. that's not really him. And really deep down, I think he was a good friend to Rat, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Aside from, you know, the whole cheating thing. Well, you know, Put the funny thing is, and I, and I forgot about this, but when she first comes on to him, mm-hmm. she says, oh, you know, maybe you can give me a ride. Right. Yeah. He's like, you know, Rat really likes you. Right. And she says... Oh, he's uh, nice, but I like. I think I, think I, like, I like you. you. And then he just kind of rolls with it, you know. Yeah. Not that he's right for doing that, but at the no. same time, you know, he's he is a teenager, right? And, and he's Rat got hormones. Wasn't making any real moves and yeah. really going out. I mean, I thought it was cool how. But like, you know, you just don't do that to a buddy. No, you don't. You know, <laughs> bros before. Yeah. And but when he's talking to Rat, he's trying to like he's boosting up his confidence. Yeah, he's trying to he's, he's trying to pump him up. Assistant to the assistant manager of the <laughs> yeah, most popular A member of the honor roll. Right, member of the honor roll. It's like, wow, is that all it takes? All right. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, you know, if this girl can't smell your qualifications. Right. So I thought in general, yeah, he was a good friend. Yeah, no, he really did try to help Rat find, you yeah. know, his mojo and all that. Right. There were some weird things in that movie. First of all, who TPs a whole school? 
you know, opening day in school. I feel like that's been done before. Wasn't that done in a Grease movie too? Probably. Grease or Grease 2? Yeah, I mean, maybe they did that in the 50s, but we didn't do that in the 80s. And who has a freaking monkey in a high school science lab? (laughs) I was actually thinking the same thing when I watched the movie the other night. Right. Like, that's a fucking monkey. Right. Nobody has a monkey. Nobody has a monkey. Who takes care of it? Who's cleaning the shit out of the monkey cage at the end of the day? And did did you ever really go to a morgue on a field trip and and have the teacher pull the heart out of the chest. Uh, in college, I did yeah, have a college. Class. I can. Right, I can. That's I, one I, yeah. thing. No, yeah. no, no, no. I mean, yeah, Mr. We, Vargas. We pulled out. Vargas was very funny. It was cool. I mean, we pulled the little hearts out of earthworms and stuff. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. So, um, I just also want to talk about some of the other people that were in this movie that went on to a lot of other things. Nicholas Cage, credited as Nicholas Coppola, he's one of Brad's buddies, oh, Judge okay. Reinhold's buddies. All right, so he doesn't. I don't think related, he says anything in the movie. Actually. But he's not related to. Francis Ford? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. yeah. Sure. Okay. Yeah, he's uh, his nephew, I think. Oh. Yeah. So um, the other people that, that weren't like main characters, but secondary characters, uh, Anthony Edwards and oh, Eric Stoltz right. yes. both played uh, Spicoli's buds. Right. Um, that one dude from that he went to ER. He was Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah, right? Revenge of the Nerds. Oh, totally. Yeah. ER was his biggest uh, success. Yeah. And sure. he lost all his hair. He was in Top Gun as well. That's right. He was in yeah. Top Gun. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, he's bald like all the best of us. <laughs> We're all headed that way. <laughs> We're all, yeah. You know. Absolutely. And a great cameo from Cameron Crowe's wife, yes. Nancy Wilson of Heart. Fast Times filmed November 10th, 1981 through December 28th, 1981. Wow. And just like. Yeah, they, they knocked six, this out seven pretty quick. weeks. Yep. A budget of only $4.5 million, domestic gross of $27 million. So again, didn't set the box offices on mm-hmm. fire. Right. And I was going to say, you know, you mentioned that you saw it in the theaters. I missed it. Probably because right. I was a little bit younger when this first came out, but I mm-hmm. caught it on HBO, I guess, the year or so after it was in theaters. Mm-hmm. And man, if this isn't a life changer at that age. Oh, it, it's, yeah. It had such an influence. I mean, we've... Just a classic said, movie. Well, and it's just, I mean, all this, all these different things that were said, especially like so many of the Spicoliisms. Oh my God. We just like said them. And yeah. even recently, sometimes something blurts out. Oh, you know, yeah. It's like, oh, my dad's got... My dad's awesome, got the ultimate set of tools. tools. I can fix it. I can fix you it. know, or it's just like people on luge should not drive. Right. I mean, we drive. I say every that one day. a lot actually when oh, I'm driving. Yeah. And yeah. there's somebody in front of me that's the, you know, come on, pick it up. Right, <laughs> exactly. Know? Come on. What are you on? Ludes? It just <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, here I am, what, like thirty four years later and <laughs> still saying a lot of the same things. My brother's gonna shit. He's gonna kill us. He's gonna kill us. Make what up your mind, mind dude. dude. He's gonna shit. Is he gonna kill us? First he's gonna shit. Things are going to kill us. And, but what a great idea they had. Because yeah. we're in the movies watching. It's like, oh, my God. What What's he going to do? do? They can't fix this car. What That's are they going to do? Oh, my God. And then they do it. They spray paint it. The, the rival school. That, I was like. Classic. Freaking brilliant. You can learn a lot from this movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> my trashed? vandalisms become much more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Spicoli is amazing. You know, Sean Penn. After watching the movie, there was like a behind the scenes thing. And they said that Sean Penn stayed in character the whole time. Like he, I think he even wrote Spicoli on his dressing room door and the whole thing. He's he's that kind of actor. Uh, First of all, that's so fucking annoying. So ridiculous. First of all. (laughs) For that kind of a part. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Very pretentious. Listen, if you're Daniel Day-Lewis and you're playing Lincoln. left foot or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. Okay, maybe even that. But you know what? They call it acting for a reason. Right. 
you should be able to turn it on and off, mm-hmm. you know? And there's really no reason, in my opinion, that you got to be a stone surfer guy right. full time in order to maintain the reality of it. Yeah. I mean, I think we could do it pretty quickly, right? <laughs> yeah. Here, right like, now. I could turn oh, on. Those guys are fine. <laughs> Thank you. Where's my check? Excellent. Yeah, exactly. All I need is a tasty waves, waves and cool, some cool buzz. buzz. I'm, I'm fine. fine. See, huh. we could do it. Yeah. It's not a big deal. <laughs> But he was uh, now he's bringing down drug lords. Do you hear oh, about yeah. this? I thought he's going to play him though. Oh, is I that why he's interviewing? Make a movie, El Chapo, and he's going to be El Chapo. And do you see the shirt <laughs> that he, he was taking a picture in? They were they were reading um, excerpts from the article that he wrote for Rolling Stone that okay. Sean Penn wrote about this guy. Okay, unbelievably bad. Really, unbelievably bad. All right, I'm not. I don't want to get too far <laughs> off track here. <laughs> it's a universal. <laughs> Universal didn't think the film would uh, become a hit. They actually weren't even going to release it on the East Coast because they thought it wouldn't really, really? play. Well, because it takes place in California and there's a lot of California lifestyle in the movie, the surfing and all that yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah, but there was boobies. Well, yeah. So what? listen, you, <laughs> all you have to do oh, is show those guys boobies. from the Northeast don't like boobies. <laughs> Somebody was misinformed right. there. Yeah, exactly. I, you know, another true confession, Phoebe Cates' topless scene might have been the first topless scene I saw in a movie. Huh? It might have really? been, yeah. Well, I mean, think about it. I mean, let's see. This comes out in 82. I'm about 13. Oh, okay. Yes. Uh, well, I see it a year later. So, I'm, you know, I'm probably like 13, 14 years old. When did did Airplane come out before this? Ah, because I stand corrected. Airplane was the yep. first one. For the little me, jiggle scene, yeah. Except for at my friend's house when he had HBO. That's not a real, I mean, it's a topless scene, the little jiggle shot in Airplane. But I think I, that- I like, count it. Well, I count it too. Like, it's not like it was a guy running around, you True. know, like it was, it was, snorting a fart or anything. It, it, <laughs> it was, it was a topless lady. Yeah, it counts. But, but you didn't see the face, and right? It's, and and it in this movie, impersonal. in this movie, it's done up like a whole fantasy sequence. And she comes out and she slowly opens her with top. The, with the water, the water behind, her. behind her. I mean, come her. on. I think Maxim had it as like one of the top five or ten best <laughs> topless scenes ever. It's an awesome scene. it definitely is. And of course she says the thing that all guys want to hear. You know, I always thought you were cute, Brad. Exactly. <laughs> oh, man. So funny. So um, a couple, of, things, a couple of things with that scene that are, that are great mm-hmm. that I read. Um, first off, she was actually really nervous to do the scene, not because she was going to be topless, because okay. she thought that the neighbors, the people in the neighborhood around yeah. the house where they were shooting right. would see her. She was uptight about that. Well, I can understand that because it's sure. not like she was making a major movie that was going to be seen by millions of people all around <laughs> the world. So, Are you sure. being sarcastic, Eric? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> no, I, I? I don't know. I guess she, she was just, I don't know. Intimidated by that. Well, I guess, you know what? It's, yeah, it's more personal. There's people around. And it would be cool. Can you imagine, though? It's like, yeah, yeah you you're one of the neighbors. A... Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> That's you really climb cool. climb up on your roof. Look. The funny thing about that scene, of course, you know, part of the scene is Brad in the bathroom beating his dick like it owes him money. Naked. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, and that scene really hit close to home because we're watching, you know, watching the film, and then we all get really quiet. First, I mean, guys get quiet when they think there's going to be, you know, nudity. You right. know, get quiet. Women are different, you know. It's like <laughs> they get disgusted. Women, well, yeah. My and, wife Sue hates uh, nudity in movies. Oh yeah, Kathy's she feels just like why are they doing this? Right, because it's cause, money. Because it's always women that are nude. Right. You but, know. I mean, who wants but to no, see a nobody, guy naked? Nobody wants to see a cock. No. No, no. It's terrible. Does. It just looks stupid. Yeah. Penises are just ugly. That's right. They look dumb. 
Women are beautiful, men are not. End of story. That's that's exactly it. A penis looks like something that was God made a mistake, and then, <laughs> and which he did. He made man first, and then he got it right, and he made a woman, and. <laughs> Whoa, man! That's you know, that's right. Like Bill Cosby says it's. Oh, don't mention him when you talk about women. Oh, we can't talk. Oh, women. yikes! Yeah, sorry. You can't say Bill Cosby and women in the same sentence anymore. No, that's anyway. illegal. You're Forget right. about it. Okay. So, uh, by the way, there was a scene in this movie originally where Mike Damone does full frontal nudity. That was cut out because Ugh. because if they left it in, they would have had an X rating at the time. Well, then nobody would go see. Right, and no, nobody wants to and see that. And who wants to see that? Yeah. <laughs> Do you know if they filmed it? I think it was kind of like was in the script, and they were told, "Look, you either lose this or you lose the whole carrot blowjob thing." Oh, you can't lose the carrot. No, no, of course I mean, not. On, that's a no brainer. Which one you're going <laughs> right, to? Right, exactly. Yeah, exactly. But the the Those thing were the, small carrots, by the way. Just you know, <laughs> they should have ripped out some cucumbers. holy crap yikes (laughs) you know we we purposely didn't want to do a raunchy podcast (laughs) it's okay that's fine Uh, so but for the masturbation scene judge reinhold mm -hmm. brought in a large dildo to work with oh really i guess you know maybe he's a method actor he's a method actor well yeah yeah, if sean was doing it it would have been all yeah you know barebacked right there so (laughs) But he didn't tell the rest of the cast that he was going to do that. So when oh. Phoebe Cates walks in on him right. and she recoils and she's like horrified, yeah. that's a real reaction. Oh, so she wasn't even acting. No, she really, I that's mean, hilarious. she probably was like, what did I just see? I wonder if she knew that maybe they just said, oh, you know, you need to use that bathroom. And She knew she was going to walk in on him, you know, right, doing that, but quote unquote masturbating. But she had no idea when she opened the door that she would be looking at a giant schlong in his hand that was a dildo. That's hilarious. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Fast Times ranked at number two on Entertainment Weekly's 50 Best High School Movies. We talked about all the actors that were in the movie that later went on to other things. There's actually three actors who won Oscars for Mm -hmm. Best Actor that are in this movie. Sean Penn, Forrest Whitaker, and Nicolas Cage. Cameron Crowe also won an Oscar as well, screenwriter. Awesome. So a lot of a uh, lot of so, talented people. So Ratner and Damone never no. won Oscar. Actually, uh, the guy who played Rat, he's done a lot of theater work. I think. Oh, okay. Most of the school scenes were shot at Van Nuys High School. Mm-hmm. They even used the school's mascot for the wolf. Oh, uh, the monkey. Oh, the wolf. no, no, <laughs> well, for the for Ridgemont's mascot. Okay. Mall scenes were shot at night for when the mall was closed at nine thirty to when it opened at nine. The two kids uh, who buy tickets from Damone were under eighteen. And due to labor laws, couldn't film past certain hours. They only had a 10-minute window to get those scenes done. Now, okay, here's the thing. Right. How much did those kids pay for pretty much front row tickets for Van Van Halen in 1982? I think 25 bucks a piece. Marked up up from like, hey, they they were like 1250 or something like that. They were 1250 and he sold them for 20 20 bucks. What would those tickets cost now? Hundreds. Right? Oh, Hundreds. ridiculous! Easy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I can't. We can't even go see no. like you know, stomp at the state theater for <laughs> yeah. 150 bucks. You yeah. Know? Times have definitely changed yeah. a lot. Van Halen in the early 80s was a lot better. <laughs> oh, they were. Yeah. I mean, I, I saw, the first time I saw them was 1984. Okay. And yeah, it was fantastic. And you know, they were still rocking hard and the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, and then they, I they saw are... the Van Hagar, and yeah. it was very different. The original Van Halen. And again, I don't want to get off too far off track, but. <laughs> They are arguably in the top five American bands of all time, in my opinion. Yeah, I would definitely put them way up Yeah, there. They're, they're amazing. No doubt. I just read an, an amazing book 
about the early days of Van Halen before they made it big. They used to play backyard parties and stuff in right. Pasadena and that area mm-hmm. when they were coming up. And just the work ethic and, and, and they were playing hard rock at a time when it really wasn't hip because right. you know, it was like the mid 70s when they were first mm-hmm. starting out and, you know, like disco and, and like right. soft rock was the big thing. Oh, yeah. So the book is great. Van Halen Rising, How a Southern California Backyard Party Band Saved Heavy Metal is the name of the book. Greg Renoff is the author. Just a great job, a great job writing, and an excellent story. Check it out. It's an awesome book. Okay. And of course, at the end of the movie, when they're doing the little summaries of yes. who did what, what did Spicoli do he when saved, he saved Brooke Shields? He saved Brooke Shields from drowning. <laughs> what did he do with the money? He blows the reward money uh, hiring Van Halen Van to play Halen his birthday party. his birthday party. So it's great. That's how big Van Halen was at That's that time. Exactly. You know, yep. no other band would make sense to say there. The band that plays at the dance, right. uh, one of the songs they do is Life in the Fast Lane. Right. Eagles. Hit. Eagles, right. One of the producers on this film was Irving Azoff, the oh. Eagles manager. All right. So I'm sure that was not a coincidence right. that they're right. playing an Eagles song. So the mall scenes were filmed at the Sherman Oaks Galleria. It was damaged by an earthquake in 1994, but still stood until 1998 when it was renovated and extensively redesigned. Other than the parking structure, nothing recognizable from the 1980s era mall is left. The building was converted from an enclosed multi-story space to an open, mostly single-story mall. So, completely sadly, different. And you're an architect, so you can really well, appreciate that it. one. Yeah, well, you know, well, there goes my mecca to, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to Sherman Oaks Galleria. Yeah. But it's, isn't it funny, though, how, like, you know, the parking structure stays? Well, you know, I you mean, that park. just shows... Yeah. All these other countries have, you know, cathedrals right. and viaducts. And, you we know, are a disposable society, aren't we? We so totally are. All right. So let's talk about the cars that they drive in the movie. So Brad Hamilton's mm-hmm. car is a 1960 Buick LeSabre and Damone's car is a 1973 AMC Gremlin. Remember awesome those? Awesome car. <laughs> awesome car. And also while we're speaking about cars, going back to the Phoebe Cates scene. Okay. She comes out of the water. Yeah. What band is being played? Oh, the cars. The yeah. cars. That's right. So, uh, of course, Ray Walston uh, is... The biggest name that came out of that movie. Yeah. And and he said in an interview that he was so delighted that he became part of something that was so big when people would see him, they would say, oh, Mr. Han, Mr. Han. And he was forever, you know, my favorite Martian or whatever. Right, yeah. Because that that's what he was known for before this. Right. And so he was just psyched that people remembered him for this instead of that. Oh, that's good. Yeah. The people go up to him and say, you dick! <laughs> they probably did. That they probably did. Fred Gwynn yeah. was originally offered the role of Mr. Hand. Is that Herman Munster? Herman Munster. Herman Munster? Yeah. <laughs> you can imagine that. Wow. He turned it down because he thought the sexual content was a little too much for his uh, taste. Yeah, I can't see him being Mr. Hand. No. I mean, although, I mean, being that big and imposing. Oh, that's true. Yeah, he'd be like. He'd be big. I'm trying to imagine. Uh, Mr. Spicoli. Because <laughs> he had that really deep voice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I can't see Ray Ralston was great. He was, you know, and... That would have been still like too soon after the Monsters. Yeah. And you'd just be, if he was playing that, we'd all be like, oh, look, it's Herman Monster. Yeah, because he kind of looked like Herman Monster even out of the makeup. No, exactly. Yeah. So Jennifer Jason Lee, who plays Stacy, worked at- Jennifer Jason Lee. Stacy works at Perry's Pizza in the mall, right? Mm -hmm. Well, Jennifer Jason Lee actually worked at Perry's Pizza for a month after she got the role of Stacy Hamilton. But before filming began, so was she doing that to like study up for the part? I don't. Or I'm did think, she just need she some probably, extra cash before? I'm filming? thinking she was probably like a lot of uh, of actresses that were just waitresses until they got a role. You know, Ron Johnson. 
stereo salesman. Right. Now, what's up with him? I mean, he's looked kind of like a 70s leftover. And it's just funny because now it's like stereos. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that was big back then, though. Are you right. kidding me? So if you made the movie now, would he been like an Apple genius? Maybe. Yeah. Or maybe he'd work at a Verizon store or something. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah, he didn't strike me as a genius. No, but he's, he's portrayed. <laughs> the character is portrayed as being a lot older than Stacy in the mm-hmm. movie, but the actor who played him, D.W. Brown, is actually right. only seven months older than Jennifer Jason Leigh. Oh, really? Life. Yeah. So it wasn't statutory rape. No. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. Well, one of the things that I found very funny as a teenager is when he hasn't returned Stacy's calls or anything, and Linda's like, well, what, were you falling in love with him? Well, were you going to like get married and have babies, have him come home when he's 50 and bald? At 17 years old, we're like, oh, that's funny, yeah. Now it's like, well, I'm 51, and I'm like, Fuck bald. You. Hey, what, bastard? What are you talking about? Hey, I don't what's sell wrong? stereos. What's wrong with being 51 and bald, motherfucker? Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Come on here, Linda. I'll show you what a 51-year-old bald guy can do. You know? It's like, Linda, who the hell are you? Yeah. Naked. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And also, uh, Linda, mm-hmm. Phoebe Kate's character, brags about how much she prefers older men. Right. Well, it turns right. out that's true in real life, too. That's right. She married Kevin Klein, who is 15 years older than her. Wait, Calvin Klein? No, Kevin he's Klein. He's like 100 years older. No, <laughs> Kevin Klein. Oh, Kevin Klein. <laughs> Kevin Klein's great. Yes, he is. I like, you know, the fish called Wanda and... He won an Oscar for that. See? Yeah. Another Oscar. Well, yeah. Well, he's not in the movie, though. Like, uh, he's... he's, uh, he's by uh, injection. <laughs> <laughs> so Andy Rathbone was the student that Cameron Crowe used as his inspiration for Mark Ratner. He became famous in his own right for writing many of the For Dummies help book series. You're kidding, really? Yeah. Cool, oh, that, right? That is good. Yeah, so... So has he done like, you know, a four dummies book for getting a girl's phone number, <laughs> getting a girl's phone number, right, right. <laughs> Chapter one, don't buy $40 worth of fucking film. <laughs> fucking film. <laughs> that is, that's pretty cool. Wow. So he's swimming in it. Yeah, I'm sure he's, he's doing all right. Wow. Absolutely. So when Brad is washing the, his car, right, you see the Bruce Springsteen bumper sticker on, yes. the, on the car. As it turns out, Bruce Springsteen's sister, Pamela, has yeah. a small role in this movie. Really? Yes. She's the cheerleader, Dina Phillips, in the pep rally scene. Okay. She's not the blonde that's that's doing all the talking. Oh, okay. You know, we're going to get him, all right? right. You know. All right, yeah. She's anyway, the girl next to her. Oh, who's just kind of... <laughs> and she even says, you know, it. Dina and me don't like when you don't, you know, cheer yeah. along or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But she is right. It's it's hard to be a cheerleader. It sure. It's a lot of bravery to get up there. Of course. Doing something that you know no one's going to like and everyone's going to make fun of. That's right. It's like... <laughs> exactly. The girl, by the way, that plays Brad Hamilton's girlfriend, her name in real life is Amanda Wyss, okay. W-Y-S-S, I think that's how you say it, has been in a couple of uh, quote-unquote teen things. Oh. Uh, she played Lane's girlfriend in Better Off Dead, Beth. Oh, okay. She's also Freddy, Freddy Krueger's first victim in Nightmare on Elm Street. Holy crap! Yep. Yeah! <laughs> so. Oh my gosh. And she was what, Lisa? She was Lisa. Lisa in, in this, this I think, yeah. Yeah, and... <laughs> Yeah, the only way I remember that is because when, uh, you know, Brad is in the bathroom, he's trying to be very serious. You know, he's saying, Lisa, I yeah. think we both owe it to Like ourselves. he's doing Shakespeare. Right. He's really, you know, he's practicing and just right next to him, it's like, you know, hairy pussy. And he's like trying to <laughs> act all serious. It was great. So, it's um, the juxtaposition. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it's brilliant. 
in the same way that Reese's Pieces became huge after E.T., okay. the, the brand of shoes that Spicoli hammers his head with, the yes. Vans, yep. uh, they actually were very obscure at that time and mm-hmm. became like really popular after yeah. this movie. So let's get a little bit more into Spicoli because let's face sure. it, this movie is all about Spicoli. There's, all the characters are great in this movie, right? but it's Spicoli's picture on the cover of the DVD. Right, yeah. So clearly it's, it's mostly about him. Right now, and I know you told me that he wasn't even really a, that major a character. The dream sequence mm-hmm. where he's with Stu Nahan and he's you know being <laughs> with the two blondes on either <laughs> yes. side of him. Oh my gosh. That was written and filmed after the film had wrapped. Oh wow, really? They were editing the movie and the filmmakers were like, man, Sean Penn is really good in this movie. We, yeah. we really got to do more with him because mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a big breakout for him. So. Right. They decided to beef up his role a little bit, and then they, they ended up filming that. So mm-hmm. Sean Penn had to fly back to L.A. He was doing another job in Chicago. Because Cameron Crowe wrote the lines the day of the shoot, they used mm-hmm. cue cards off screen to help Sean Penn when he was filming the dream sequence. Oh, all the, right. The cue cards of the infamous lines, those guys are fags, right. still hang in Cameron Crowe's house. Oh, my God. How funny is that? That's great. Well, that's where they would be. In my house, would be right over my fireplace or something. Another one of my favorite Spicoli things is when Mr. Hand goes to his house the night of the, the dance, and he's going to yes. teach him a history lesson. And he goes, and what Jefferson was trying to say is that if we don't get some cool rules ourselves, we're going to be bogus too, or something like that. Cool right? rules, pronto. That was the thing. See, Spicoli would not have passed if he didn't say pronto. Pronto. Because that showed how important it was for the colonies to get together. And if we don't get some cool rules, pronto, pronto we're going to be bogus, bogus too. too. And then Mr. Hand's like, close Spicoli. Close Spicoli. <laughs> well, you know, he wasn't wrong. No, no. But what I really like, when Mr. Hand first walked into the classroom, what word did he say to greet the kids? Aloha. Aloha. Right. What did he say when he was leaving Spicoli at the end of that scene? Aloha, Spicoli. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. I think that is brilliant writing. That is. That Cameron Crowe. Yeah. And, you know, it's like this whole movie is so funny. And, and we're talking about Spicoli and all this right. stuff. We're talking about there's nice boobage and everything. <laughs> but you know what? Boobage. Again, as a 17-year-old watching this funny movie, laughing like crazy, and then... Then he got all serious on you with an abortion. Right. Holy crap, this is really serious. And so, I mean, it was good as a teenager at that time to see that and to be reminded that, yeah, you know what? Life isn't always just going to be, you know, boobs and beer and stuff. You know, you you have to have some responsibility. You should not have sex when you're a teenager, period. This is Uncle Jason and Uncle Eric reminding you to keep it in your pants, kids. And stay in school and don't do drugs. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> no, but you're right, Definitely though. I think don't. that that that's actually kind of gives the movie a little bit of a, of a soul. Because, you know, the yeah. movie's otherwise the movie's just about, you know, partying and doing right. drugs and being a goofy teenager. But yeah, it, it's a serious turn in the movie. Mm-hmm. But and it's not done in a way that I think is preachy. It's just oh, like, this not. is this is real, kids. Like, yeah. if you have sex, this could happen to you. you right. Know? I think that's one of the reasons that this movie has such staying power. Yeah. Is because it's got a dose of it reality does, it. It does have too. a moral center there. Yeah. Hey, if you guys uh, out there listening have any screen facts of your own, again, go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash screen facts, and uh, leave a comment or email screen facts at yahoo.com. Tweet me 
at Jason Davis Voice. Eric, thanks again for coming in and, and talking about Fast Times at Ridgemont High with me. It Appreciate was it. my pleasure. I had so much fun. Me too. I look forward to doing the next one with you. Yeah. We'll figure out what it's going to be. And uh, thanks to you for listening. And also, thanks to our announcer, Kim'sVoice.com. Remember, if you want to check out Kim's website, it's KYMSVoice.com. Screen Facts with Jason Davis is a production of Jason Davis VoiceOver. Visit JasonDavisVoice.com if you need a voice for a commercial, narration, promo, internet video, e-learning or training program, and more. Click on the podcast page to get information about where you can download and listen to past episodes. Listen again next Wednesday for a new episode of Screen Facts with Jason Davis.